You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids and parents. We're your hosts, Will, Charlotte, and Chase, but we call him Dad. Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations, too. Conversations are always good. We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's talk Bible. Welcome back. Today, we are reading again from Luke chapter 1. That's right. When we left off last week, the angel Gabriel had just appeared to Zechariah to tell him about the coming birth of his son, John the Baptist. In today's passage, that same angel, the angel Gabriel, moves to a new location to talk to a new character. Do you know which character that is? It's Mary. The angel Gabriel shows up to talk to Mary, that's right. It's kind of a Christmas story, maybe one you're familiar with from Christmas, but it's also an important story with an important lesson for us to learn. What do you say we bring Mom in and we read today's passage of Scripture? Yeah! Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by his words and began to wonder about the meaning of this greeting. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And look, your relative Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, Yes, I I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Thanks for reading our passage of scripture. I don't know about you, but I think I recognize another important person, place, or thing. Will, why don't you hit that button and we'll get into our next segment. It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or thing that's important for you to learn more about. Today, we're going to be talking about an important place. That place is Nazareth in Galilee. That's right, Charlotte. Nice job. Today's important person, place, or thing is a place that we think you should know a little more about in reading the Bible. The story opens by telling us that the angel Gabriel traveled from Jerusalem, where he saw Zechariah in the temple, to a town called Nazareth. Do you guys know anything about the town of Nazareth? Mary lived there. 
That's right. Nazareth is the home of Mary and Joseph, but we really don't know a whole lot more about it because Nazareth wasn't a very big or important town. In fact, the only place that Nazareth is mentioned is here in the Gospels. It's not mentioned in the Old Testament. It's not mentioned by any of the great Jewish historians like Josephus or the Jewish writings. Nazareth was a pretty small town in Galilee. Galilee lay to the north of Judea. You had Jerusalem in Judea, and then just above it to the north, the region of Samaria, and just above the region of Samaria, the region of Galilee. The most prominent feature in the region of Galilee was the Sea of Galilee. Water flowed from a spring under Mount Hermon in the north, through the upper Jordan River into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was known for its fishing. There were many small towns throughout the region of Galilee that specialized in catching fish and preserving fish and trading them all over the region. From there, the water flowed down the Jordan River to the Dead Sea. Sometimes the Sea of Galilee is called the Sea of Tiberias in the Bible. And the city of Nazareth in which Mary lived was located in that region called Galilee. In fact, at the time that Mary was living in Nazareth, Nazareth was probably only a town of a few hundred people. Do you guys know how many people live in the town where we're from? A lot. Take a guess. How many people do you think live in our hometown? More than a hundred. Our hometown is actually considered a small town, but there are 21,000 people that live here. In Nazareth, there were only a few hundred. How many people do you think live in your hometown? Do you live in a big city or a small town like Nazareth? Nazareth wasn't a very important city, and the fact that Mary was from there and the angel Gabriel went to her home in Nazareth means that God can do things and was at work in even the smallest places. But did you know Nazareth is a real place? In fact, you can go to Nazareth today. Today, Nazareth is a town of about 60,000 people. The town today is mostly Arabs and Christians. There's even a large church called the Church of the Annunciation that marks the traditional place that the angel Gabriel showed up to Mary. But at the time of Mary, Nazareth was a small town with probably only a few Jewish families that were working and practicing their faith together. There were some large towns like Sephorus and Tiberias, where Gentiles and Jews both lived together. But there were many small towns around Galilee where there were devout Jewish people that lived and worked. Oftentimes, large families would live together, and there might just be a few of these key families making up one of these towns. And it's likely that Jesus and his father, as they grew up and worked, probably traveled to other parts of the region of Galilee. So Jesus would have known people from all of the small towns and would have known the roads and the paths and the valleys of Galilee really, really well. Galilee and Nazareth are important because this is where Jesus would come to live and where he would begin his ministry and call many of his disciples. Many of Jesus' first disciples, as we'll see, came from the region of Galilee and were fishermen. So we think Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee, the Galilee region, is an important place that you should know as we're reading the Gospel of Luke. I think we're ready to jump back into our story. Sounds good to me! The story we read from today was about Mary. Mary encountered an angel who came to her. And we read in the story that it was a time in Mary's life where she was probably a young woman and she was not yet married. She was engaged. Do you know what it means to be engaged? Um, you're going to get married, but you haven't yet. That's exactly right. Mary was in a period in which she was waiting to marry Joseph, but she hadn't gotten married yet. So it surprised her when the angel said that she was going to give birth and she was going to give birth to a son. 
Do you notice anything different about what the angel says to Mary compared to what the angel said to Zachariah? The angel told Zachariah that John would be a forerunner, and the angel told Mary that Jesus would be the Messiah. That's right. One of the things I like about the passage is it says that John the Baptist would be great before the Lord, but it said Jesus would be great. Certainly, the angel is saying that the son that Mary is about to have will be even greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist will be a great prophet, but Jesus will come being the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. How does Mary respond to the word that the angel gave? She said, I am not married to him yet. How can I have a baby? That's exactly right. And do you know what God said to Mary? God said that the Holy Spirit would come over her and that the son that she would give birth to would have a heavenly father that he would be both man and God. God was taking on human form. In fact, what the angel Gabriel was talking about is a familiar verse from Isaiah chapter 7. Will, would you like to read that verse to us? For this reason, the Lord himself will give you a confirming sign. Look, this young woman is about to conceive. It will give birth to a son. You, young woman, will name him Emmanuel. Do you know what the word Emmanuel means? It means like everlasting. Not quite. Emmanuel means God with us. In other words, what the angel Gabriel was telling Mary was that you are going to have a son, just as the prophet Isaiah had long ago prophesied. And this son will be God in humanity. God will be with us in Jesus. That's quite a promise, isn't it? That is really good news. That's why we call it the gospel, that God becomes part of us, God with us, Emmanuel. Part of the way that we know that God loves us and has a plan for us is his willingness to come to earth and to take on humanity just like us. Jesus experienced everything that we've experienced. He knew all of the same pain, all of the same sorrow and frustration. He knew what it was to be a human. So no matter what you're going through, God understands it because God became a human too. How did Mary respond to this final encouraging word from the angel? Mary said, yes, I am your servant. She also said, let it be to me according to your word. I think Mary's response is pretty incredible. Think about the word that she just received. She lives in a little small town. Mary's not famous. Nobody important probably even knows who Mary is. But God knows who she is. And God knows that she's a righteous woman. And God sends an angel to give her this message that she is about to give birth to God in humanity, Emmanuel, God with us. Certainly, that would have been a confusing and difficult word for Mary. It would have meant that her life was about to change dramatically. She was about to become a mom before she expected to. But Mary recognized that this was a word from the Lord. And so Mary said, I am your servant. Let it be according to the words that you've spoken to me. Do you know what the word submission means? That sounds like an important word. What does it mean? God calls us to submission because he has a plan for our life. He wants us to trust him. What Mary said to the angel was that I trust God, and whatever God wants for my life, I'm willing to accept it. She recognized that the best her life could be would be in obeying God. A part of receiving Jesus is submission. We allow God to speak into our lives and to lead us, and we humble ourselves and receive the word that he speaks to us. Sometimes God leads our life in directions that don't go according to our plans. Sometimes things happen that we didn't expect. And yet still, 
God wants us to obey him and to trust him and to follow him. Mary is a great example of humility and submission because she was willing to listen to the word God was speaking to her. But not only did she hear it, she was willing to do it, to accept it, and to receive it. It's always a good thing to be humble and to obey the word of God. That sounds right to me. It's time for our question from a friend segment, where one of our friends asks their question about the passage of scripture we're studying. Will, who do we have a question from today? Today's question is from Aspen, who's age six. All right, let's hear it. Hi, my name is Aspen. I want to know what Jesus' name means. Thank you. That's a great question, Aspen, and you were paying close attention to our scripture because the angel told Mary that she was supposed to name her son Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord is salvation. The Lord saves. I think that's a great name for Jesus because that's exactly the reason that he came. He came because God was working salvation. He was bringing a new work of salvation into the world. But did you also know that in the first century, the time that Jesus was born into, the name Jesus was actually a pretty common name. It might be like the name Will or Charlotte, maybe even the name Chase or your name. Jesus wasn't a unique name. There were many people named Jesus. But Jesus was the only one who was the Son of God. So even though his name was common, there was nothing common about Jesus at all. Have you ever looked up what your name means? Sometimes our names have interesting meanings. Certainly, Jesus' name had an interesting meaning. I think it's significant that Jesus' name means the Lord is salvation, because that's exactly what Jesus is and what he has come to do. It's time for our Word of the Week. Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek. And a little and Aramaic. And a little Aramaic, that's right also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our word of the week. I'm really excited about this week's word, because I'm actually going to give you a word in Hebrew. Now, Luke's gospel is written in Greek. We know that, and we've already learned a couple of Greek words. But Mary, who was growing up a Jew, certainly would have also spoke Hebrew. She would have known Hebrew as well as Zechariah would have known Hebrew. And I think there's a Hebrew word lurking in this story. Whenever Mary responded to the angel's word, the prophecy that she would give birth to Jesus, the Emmanuel, one of the things that Mary said was, let it be according to your word. There's a Hebrew word that sometimes we use and didn't even know we were using. Did you know you actually know some Hebrew words? Really? That's right. I bet there's a Hebrew word you say almost every day and you didn't even realize it. Do you know what that Hebrew word is? I want you to say it after me. Amen. 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 Did you know that's a Hebrew word? No, I did not know that. What does it mean? Amen literally means let it be. It's the word that we often use to close our prayers. We say a prayer, a request to God, or a praise to God, and we finish our prayer by saying amen. I don't know if you've ever wondered why, but the reason you say that is because it's a final word of confirmation. It comes from the Bible, and it's how God's people have long responded to blessings and prayers. Let it be. Let this prayer that I've just prayed be true. That's the same way that Mary responds in this story. After receiving the word from the angel Gabriel, she says, 
let it be. Mary literally says, Amen, at the end of the angel's message. She agrees with the word that the angel Gabriel has given us. So let me tell you something I sometimes do. The next time you're closing your prayer with the word Amen, maybe you could just think to yourself in English, let it be, and let that be your confirmation at the end of your prayer. Say it with us, Amen. 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 I think we're ready for some reflection, the lessons that we've learned from today's scripture, and then to close out in prayer. What's something that you guys learned from our conversation today? That Jesus was a common name. That Amen means let it be. I also learned the importance of humility and submission. I think those are great lessons, both some facts about the world of the Bible and also some things that you could apply. What might it look like for you to be a humble person? You're willing to admit when you're wrong. Humility is when you don't have too much pride. One of my favorite pastors used to have a saying about humility, that humility was an accurate understanding of yourself, that you didn't think too highly of yourself and you didn't think too lowly of yourself, but instead you recognized how God saw you and you lived into what God was doing and saying to you. One of my favorite writers, C.S. Lewis, used to say that a person of real humility would just not think that much about themselves at all. They would be busy thinking about other things. I think Mary's a great example of humility. She's a righteous character who receives a word from God. She's favored of God, the passage says, but she doesn't allow that to make her prideful or to brag about it. She's humble enough to say, I just want to be obedient. Whatever God says to me, whatever God says I am, Whoever God calls me to be, I'm willing to say, let it be. I'm willing to say yes to that. I think that's a good image of humility in our lives. Do you think that's something that you could pray also? Yeah. Maybe we could make that our prayer for today, that we could pray that we would be humble like Mary and submissive to whatever word that God is speaking into our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of Mary and the fact that she was favored, even though she lived in a small town, and even though she wasn't very important in the world, you saw her, and you recognized her, and you were doing important things in her life. We ask that you would make us humble like Mary, that when you speak to us, that when you give us something to do, we're willing to say yes to you, that we would say, let it be, just like Mary. We want to be submissive to whatever you're calling us to be, whoever you say we are, and however you're leading us. So we humble ourselves and we offer our lives to you, saying that we will follow you and trust you and obey you in all things. Make us humble like Mary so that we might also have the same joy that Mary had of being a part of this salvation that you're bringing to the world. And we said, now knowing what that word means. Amen. Amen. That's right. We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace. And lots of peas to eat for lunch. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids. 
There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.